Welcome to the Infinite Ways Podcast with Luke the Singer Guy featuring Olivia Simone. Welcome to episode two of the Infinite Ways Podcast. This one will be called Drawing in Black and White. Hold up a second. Wanted to give a little prologue for this one. It was an interesting experience as I am still a new interviewer and I feel like there were moments that I should have dug in a little bit differently or followed a different route. I guess I can work on my listening in terms of uh, finding those special moments to explore that take interview from being a good interview to a great interview. And this one especially was uh, interesting because Olivia does not do interviews that often. So it was an inexperienced interviewee and an inexperienced interviewer, but this is part of the journey. It's what we work on. We're also in the process of figuring out what this podcast is still, and I think one of the things we realized with this episode is that it's less about me trying to wrap in our concept of the infinite ways or what infinite ways-ness is, which obviously is important. But the way that we do that is just getting out of the way and letting each guest tell their story. So, without further ado, official episode two, Drawing in Black and White. All right. Welcome to the Infinite Ways Podcast, episode two. Episode one was a part one and part two, so this is officially episode two. We talked it over and we couldn't think of anybody better to bring on our show uh, for our first official non-in-house guest than our friend Olivia Simone. I'm honored. She's a wonderful friend of the band, and we're happy to have her. Um, She's a visual artist, and we just thought it would be great to get her perspective on our concept of infinite ways and transcending ideas and pushing boundaries and stuff like that. So we know a lot about you. Can you catch us up a little bit to speed and let them know just a little bit about you in general? Yeah, so I'm a digital artist based here in L.A. Yeah, I do portraits. I love skin and making everyone come to life and see themselves how I see them. So we've, we like one of the things that's really cool about her art is she you do tend to do a lot of, of black portraits. Yes. You, you do a lot of black skin. Mm-hmm. And you seem to have a, a on some of the ones that that we've liked, which led us to you, is the, the like, almost a wet look. Yeah. Is that something, well, first of all, like, what drew you to that? And second of all, tell us about that process. So, I like the look because it pushes detail. So, I'm trying to get super into every single nook and cranny of your skin tone kind of so i think the wetness it it's definitely a challenge as an artist and it it you have to play around with skin complexion skin tone and yeah i think it just pops uh it's very (laughs) it's very cool um obviously uh you are a black woman. Yes. Um, why is it important to you, both as an artist and as a black woman, to have representation 
both creating and in the grand scheme of things why is that why is it important to have representation many reasons the first one that comes to mind i think is um the younger generations children and just seeing us in a certain light because most african-americans are portrayed in one way or the other and i feel like it's my responsibility to show um little girls and little black boys how how you look you're beautiful and i think that america and other places deserve to see us like so at the same point in time, so obviously we always talk about the infinite ways is like pushing boundaries in terms of like acceptance amongst, um, it's, it's being genreless, it's being mm-hmm. formless. Where do you both push your own boundaries in your artwork, but also, again, like you were saying with representation, push the boundaries of what people accept as um, art? Because, I mean, like... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would say that still in this day and age, it, it especially in a digital medium, I mean, there, there are black artists out there, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like anybody who's hitting the mainstream, mm-hmm. there's not a ton yeah. of representation amongst the artists themselves, right? Yeah, there's not. So what, how does that, does that change or inform the way that you create art or what you're trying to do with it once you... Yes, it does, but... My goal isn't really to be mainstream, so I feel like my art is gonna hit those people who it hits in a way. Um, push as far as pushing boundaries, um, I kind of want to step out. I want to get more into stepping out of my comfort zone. I think that'll be my next steps. The last piece before. My last piece, I did skin, and that's getting into like more nudity. So, I kind of want to go that route. I don't know how that's gonna work yeah. with everyone, but. And you, you were telling me before that you've also dabbled in creating characters and creating storylines and yeah. stuff like that. And is that something that you'd be interested in doing further in, in creating your own characters and your own building your own world? Definitely, I wanted to create a whole series. Yeah, so I'm still toggling with a couple ideas for it, but yes. Creating characters, creating series, shows, movies, all of the above. So in, I feel like I should have waited for some of these interview questions on camera, but we were talking beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that, you were saying that you were starting to move into digital. A, you were saying that's mm-hmm. not what you expected it was going to yes. be. And, but B, was that, was that why you started moving into digitals? Because you thought you would have more... Um, penetration in terms of uh, what you're getting at? (laughs) Um, Yes and no. Um, I think that digital is easy. It's really smooth. It's a fast process and it's fun. It allows you to quickly create a piece and like it's there on the internet and boom, you know, it's ready for you. But regular of drawing and pencil to paper and charcoal and just the original is much better it's time consuming but it's much better and it's natural and you can feel it and yeah digital art is just where today's art is going as far as computer animation and 3d and 
gaming. I feel like that's just the new age, but I have to still give some respect to where right. it all started and I might return back. So right. that brings me to two questions. We we actually were watching uh we watched the Lil Dicky um yes. Earth music video earlier. Yes. Um both that was hilarious like great cause uh incredible music video but you were most impressed with the artwork yes it was explain it to me as someone who's who's not a uh a dabble but i'm not a real artist it was great <laughs> like it was ap it was i'm just gonna say he did his job yeah. whoever he had do the animation for him was amazing um it was colorful it was vibrant it was super detailed. Everything it was perfect, kind of. It was like the perfect, <laughs> the perfect video, the perfect animation. Yeah. So in like traditional, and I don't know, maybe you don't know this, but I, uh, I know in traditional film, they do sequences in terms of like changeovers, you know, and you have little, um, you know, this reel and then that mm -hmm. reel uh, is digital artwork in the same concept where you're storyboarding this section and that section mm -hmm. and you have to actually work on the transitions yeah. or is it just worked into these sections um as far as animation there is sequences and storyboarding involved for digital art alone since it's not motion based no you can just like i mean i sketch that's yeah. like some of just storyboarding i sketch whatever i'm drawing out and then do it but as far as animation goes yeah you're storyboarding you're putting everything into segments yeah so one of the things that in terms of the infinite ways, like we've been talking about uh, what it means to be an artist in the digital age, both both musically, but also in the way that we can interact with people. Like, and we're certainly not the first, but we're trying to find new ways. How do you feel about like the movement towards like NFTs and like, I mean, because I've seen some of those NFTs yeah. and that's not, that's not real art, right? Yeah. Like that's like, that's like a, a knockoff yeah. Mario Brothers yeah. 8-bit thing that sold for 16 million dollars yeah. but like some of it is some of it look I agree some of it is a little what you know I don't know if I can guess what the you know what's going on yeah. but some are really really fucking oh, yeah sorry no well it's all right we'll put uh <laughs> explicit okay. not for children <laughs> nfts right. Sometimes fucking good. <laughs> they are really good. I follow an artist. I can't remember her name. I wish I could, but her work is a, it's it's amazing. It's so detailed, and she does like random like fantasy scenes, and they're beautiful. And she, from what I'm understanding, she does that, and they pay her tons of millions money to yes yeah, to create them, and they're really nice. But as far as like art itself, getting into that. That's kind of what, to me, takes that passion and the, I don't know, the, just the, I can't even give you a word for it, but it takes that feeling away from it, kind of, because it's, it's getting too computer, too digital sometimes. Yeah. So. Um, I had a follow-up question and I forgot it. Um, this is going to be the awkward part that I'm going to end up editing because okay. I don't know where we're going right now. <laughs> Um, okay, I got it. Uh, how does music affect what you create and what are some, uh, 
some staples that are close to your heart with music, but also what are some things that are maybe left field that people wouldn't anticipate that you would listen to? Dig into it. Tell us about about your music taste. um, So I think around the time um, I first met you in the band, I said that I listened to about everything. But <laughs> apparently, I don't listen to everything. <laughs> I don't listen to everything. Um, but I listen to a lot, I think. Um, and I think mostly a lot of R&B. A lot of R&B and a lot of um, hip-hop and a lot of pop and all those songs. And whether it be from 80s, 90s. 2000s now um they touch me and I get into them when I'm doing my artwork and they kind of keep me going and I have to put myself in a mindset so like whatever I'm listening to has to correspond with what I'm making so um yeah as far as artists there's so many I think uh one of the main ones, if I get into 90s Aaliyah, and I don't know what to say. You, you, you said Beyonce, you like Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got completely lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely Beyonce as well. Um, Beyonce, Destiny's Child, um, Monica and Brandy. Um, well, so let me let me steer a little bit um so it actually seems like it's a few years ago now i remember it being so relevant but now it's actually a few years ago but how did something like uh the lemonade album and both the because that was super tied up individuals yes there's a lot of artists now that aren't exclusively working as musical artists Mm -hmm. it's a whole concept wrapped up with um, I mean, music videos have always been a thing, but like that, that was different. Yes. You know, and it also felt like it was kind of a, uh, not, not a social movement, but like, uh, it was big, it was big, it was really big. And the videos alone told a story and it was super creative. And each of her videos gave back to artists from god knows when and it it showed a lot to um the black community i feel like because and it's deep it's deeper than most people think lemonade is mostly it's it's empowerment but it is about like a relationship gone gone wrong and then that comes together again but i think you have to listen to it with the videos the videos tell the story yeah and i know that um and I can't remember, it might have been Lemonade, but I can't remember the song, but, um, Serena Williams? Yes. Okay. Yeah. One of the Williams sisters Yeah, was she in was it. in it. Yeah. And that kind of had its own yeah. controversy because, again, that was her stepping out of a yeah. genre or box that people anticipated that she was supposed to be in. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, was, what was, what was that experience like when you were, when you... When I saw. Yeah. 
it was like I felt proud for because there was multiple people on that scene actually. So it was Serena Williams, it was um, the young actress Zendaya, and I think it was really inclusive. So I like that she grabbed these different, basically black women, and brought them together so they could feel this song. And that, if I'm not mistaken, that video was shot um, in New Orleans, mm -hmm. and. She has a lot of family there, so I think she just wanted everybody to feel at home. Yeah. I love New Orleans. It, in Louisiana in general, I think Louisiana is probably one of the most unique places in the entire United States, culturally. Mm. Like, there's such a different vibe down there. That, I agree. Like, um, yeah. I could probably identify an early stage of when I knew there was still a point in time when I was a kid that I was like, oh, this, yeah. this is what I'm doing. Yes. Can, do you remember as an artist what that moment was for you? Yes. It was, I think summer, summer of, I don't know which year, but I think I would just, like, I was so inspired by what was around me and it was simple then and I knew that I loved it because it was so simple it could just come to me naturally and um I would just literally go in the backyard and draw whatever I could see down to the smallest of detail and I just enjoyed capturing what was around me and putting it onto paper like if I'm taking a photo and I would just draw and draw and then I got into making characters and so I made um a book full of probably 20 or so characters and I enjoyed giving them identities and making them come to life and I kind of knew and I also knew because like cartoons movies it touched me different than I think it touched most so I knew that I wanted to be into art whatever specific type of art it would be, I knew that it was going to be. Yeah. And did you find, like, I think we all at times end up having a um, hurdles that we have to go through, mm -hmm. whether it's family or, yeah. you know, school or community or whatever, where you almost have to double down on your belief in yourself to mm -hmm. get to that next level because you, you have so many people who, again, are challenging what you should be mm -hmm. you know i mean i know that uh and at some point people stop saying it because people just gave up but like you know yeah uh, why not go to college yeah oh you yeah know, why not do this why yeah. not do that like what I, what was that experience for you um that was tough yeah i dealt with that from multiple of people and it did affect me and it made me steer away from art for a little bit and it made me question my um my passion and made me feel like okay let me get a conventional job and let me go the straight and narrow path rather than um do what my heart wanted and that's that's tough um but I think that at the end of the day you have to say you know effort and stick to what what makes you happy and 
to stick to what you want to do in your life and when that for me that's art and I had to push all that out the way and just remind myself that this is my life yeah and yeah well and I noticed like um in your artwork some of the people again first of all like a lot of them are 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 black and identity but also a lot mm-hmm. of them are like Tupac for example mm-hmm. you have Tupac on there uh, Method Man and there's some other but they're I guess if you look at them from the outset mm-hmm. like you would say like like those are typical mm-hmm. black identity people but like with somebody like Tupac like there's a lot more to that There's yeah. there's some contention in his own and I noticed that a lot of your subjects are people that would be considered to have some contention in their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know you also have Johnny Depp on there. And like, yeah. He's always been kind of a contentious character just in himself, but especially yes. lately with everything. But uh, do you gravitate towards contentious characters? I do. And specifically for those photos of Tupac, Method Man, I did Kehlani. Um, I did Chloe Bailey, um, that specific series, and I did her as well. Um, that specific series, yeah, I did, that was inspired by the passing of DMX, um, because I felt like he wasn't, he was appreciated and people love his music, but he wasn't given his flowers, I felt like enough while he was here. So I have created a series that I wanted to give people their flowers while they're currently um, currently still here. And those specific artists have been through, you know, hell and back. So, and it's some of my favorite artists. So. I'm yeah. going to go wildly off, not really wildly off topic, uh-huh. but you just brought up something that I've always been. Uh, again, and I, I, I tread lightly with my both my perceptions and my questions mm-hmm. of I often find that uh, you know because uh, again I, I give props to the fact that most modern culture in the United States whether it's rock and roll or what has become of modern day hip-hop or R&B it's it's all black originated mm-hmm. you know like other than and I and to get slightly off topic but I think that most uh, hip hop or, or, or rap and, and it's it's folk music to me mm-hmm. it's the same as somebody like you know a folk artist like Woody Guthrie or something like that yes. um, or, or Willie Nelson mm-hmm. you know like uh, whichever Woody Nelson I love Willie <laughs> Nelson um, but it's storytelling and it's storytelling of yes. your own identity and the issues that you're dealing with and stuff mm-hmm. like that it's poetry yeah 100% and what I find linguistically is that um, black culture is often uh, pushing language and what's acceptable, but also I find sometimes is more accurate in its representation. You, until... Maybe it's I don't maybe it's been ten years, but uh, uh, the fi- last five years, you you've really started to hear the phrase um, 
I appreciate you mm-hmm. versus I appreciate it. Yes. You know, if you go out to a restaurant in, in, you know, I'll say it like it is. You go out to a restaurant and you see a, a, a bunch of old, fuddy dead white people, they're going to say, I appreciate it. Yes. They're, not, they're, they're saying that they appreciate the action or the object that is being given to them versus the person. And I remember the first time that it kind of hit me that, like, a lot of my black friends were using I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And that it seems more meaningful. Yes. Um, and uh, what's some of the other ones? Um, I, I think the first time I ever heard um, they transitioned in, in a reference to death mm-hmm. um, was actually, it might have been Black Twitter. What yes. You're talking about. yes. Um, but I, you just said, it, it brought it up because you mm-hmm. said, uh, give them their flowers. Yes. And I, I understand the reference of, like, you give someone who's passed away flowers, but I'd never heard it to represent the concept of, like, giving someone love and respect while they're still alive. Yeah, I think that's very important because majority of people give it afterwards. Right. It's, it's, like, a little too late. Yeah, they need to know while they're here how much we appreciate and value them and what they've done. Yeah, I 100% agree. And and do you... Were, would I guess back in linguistics, like, where did you hear that first or how did it come across to being used in your lexicon? Like, Um, I think it's a thing I've always kind of heard, but specifically because of um, 2020 and multiple killings and um, of African-American men and African-American women and... I think I just heard caught on to the phrase a little bit more. People wanting to appreciate their loved ones while they're here because we don't know when something could happen to where they're gone. And yeah, so I think that really brought it on. And then more so, a lot of our um, famous people, Kobe Bryant, DMX, and multiple of other people who passed away recently and you appreciate them but everyone needs to love them while they're here so well i know for me it was it was an interesting sad and interesting day like if anybody didn't know like i'm a huge like huge prince fan Mm -hmm. uh and i very clearly remember the day he died i remember Mm -hmm. where i was i remember what i was doing i remember Mm -hmm. the phone calls that came quickly after and then I remember going through my day, um, I was at work and this, this guy that, you know, I actually ended up having a ton in common with, uh, an older black guy came up and he just looked at me and he was like, are you okay? And all of a sudden I was like, I'm not, like, I'm not okay. <laughs> like, and, and he pulled me over to the side yeah, and like we had this big old conversation mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, I'd had a hundred other customers. Yeah. And... You know, they didn't see in me what he saw, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, um, it was kind of a transcendent experience of like, again, I guess how music can break barriers and music mm-hmm. can, you know, show people different things. I mean, I think it's um, one of my favorite artists uh, right now is uh, Yola, and mm-hmm. I learned of her through. The High Women, which is a, a Nashville supergroup mm-hmm. of very eclectic women, and she's actually, I think, British, uh, strong, thick, black woman, um, 
who does kind of R&B soul, but then she also just does straight up country. Yes. You know, and it's it's pretty amazing to mm-hmm. tread those territories and in you know, it's it's hard I think nowadays in the United States to bridge gaps. It's really hard. Yes, it is. And I think I think some people that may listen to my music would be alienated by other people that might listen to my music and I don't know how to bridge that gap in a healthy way. I'm sure it's not even my responsibility. Like I'm just a musician. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to show up and yes, entertain people, but I guess there is a deeper seated concept in there of wanting to and I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think part of it is is it is holding people accountable. I think accountability is important, but I think you can only do go down the accountability road for so long before it just feels like you're beating a horse, you know, but like, yes. I know that that perception, like I was listening to NPR the other day and they were talking about, um, the difference between, um, historical identity. I think that the the main issue with that is most history that's like taught in school or that people think of is like they think our history started with slavery what about before slavery what what were we doing then whether it's movie representation or the school books it only stops there when they try to capture us what about before how we were living in you know, we are just talking about this earlier, being like kings and queens. So, um, I think that's majority of the problem. So it's not necessarily that it should be forgotten. It is a part of our history, but it's not the only part. And that needs to be recognized. Right. Well, and I feel too, it's... I try to be conscious about these things, but as someone who's interviewing you... I can see where either side of this line of highlighting your black identity is great, Mm -hmm. but if the whole interview is about your black identity, then I'm not taking into consideration the whole person and the concepts because, like, nobody comes up to me and and exclusively expects me to talk about my white identity and what it's like to be a redneck and... You know, drive trucks and derp, 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 <laughs> like, um, you know, and, and I, and I fumble sometimes. I don't know mm-hmm. how to approach that. Like I, I want to highlight, uh, who you are, but I don't ever want to minimize who you are mm-hmm. by, by overly focusing on one yes. aspect, you know? But I think it's, um, I don't think it's a bad balance because that's who I am. I'm an African-American woman and... I love that. So, I think you're doing a pretty good job. I was not fishing for a compliment. Oh, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it is, uh, you know, it is nice to know in, in the attempts of being an ally and attempts to trying to highlight you, you know, uh, um, that we are going about it the right way. Um, I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> um... Is there anything else you you specifically want to talk about in terms of your art, your identity, your views for the world, your feelings, your deeper meaning? Um, 
and or do you want to turn it on us and and ask us you know or me um any questions or all of the above uh, i do kind of want to ask you a question okay shoot okay so you sent me a um a demo of one of the songs that you plan on you know releasing and that goes back to you saying that you wanted to basically push that limit and you want your music to be all-inclusive and I think that that song I don't know if you know the one I'm talking I, about I, th- I think I yeah, do yeah <laughs> is all-inclusive so that's already and this is not really a question I guess maybe a question right. maybe a statement that's already um allowing you guys to make that next step so as far as bridging together gaps you're kind of already doing that and you're you're doing what you said that you needed help on i'm trying (laughs) um i guess event if you guys come to the show you'll you'll hear about this song as well and i guess it's a it's a good enough time to tell the story of this song um, it was pretty funny because um, I was at my day job and I was walking with one of the other guys and there was a, a guy who was asking us for money and um, uh, my coworker first was like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't have anything. And then the guy turned to ask, to ask me and before I could even be like, oh, I don't have anything. He's like, I know you don't have anything, guitar man. And I was like, what? Like, how do you know I play guitar? Like, I mean, I guess like... <laughs> Maybe this is the Ted giveaway, but like I was confused, and he was like, "You're all tall and you're all skinny," and I was like, I, "I'm not that tall." And he looks at me, and goes, "And you ain't that skinny." And you, I could have taken that as like, "Yeah, I'm not that tall. I'm not that skinny." Like it's true, but the thing that I took away from that was that the essence of I know this is silly, but, like, the essence of rock and roll, the essence of wanting to, you know, up on stage, swinging your hips and and all of the rock and roll things. He saw that somehow. Yeah. He saw through the work clothes, and he saw through the the fact that I'm not that tall and I'm not that skinny. So I went home, and I started writing a song that was not just about me and my experience of having to embrace who I am regardless of the fact that I'm not tall and skinny mm-hmm. but all of the different types of characters I could paint and I, I, I settled on generally too when you're writing a song you you want it to be vague enough that people get it but you want it to be specific enough that people can identify with it but you certainly don't want to over dilute it with too much information like I just did with that sentence um so I went with a, a, a very me-ish character, and I went with, um, I mean, relatively a, a you-ish character, yeah. I guess. You know, like, you, you're a good representation of this. Like, uh, I've stood next to you. You're not, you're not very tall. No, I'm not very tall, know? and I'm not very skinny. <laughs> and, and, and it doesn't matter yeah. to you. And that's the point. That's, yeah. the, that's the hook of the song. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not that tall. I'm not that skinny. And it don't matter much to me. Mm-hmm. And so I created the, these two characters... Um, a lot of my songs take place in a bar. I just mm-hmm. think it's a good setting. Yeah. And so there's the there's the lead singer character and then there's this girl at the bar character mm-hmm. and they end up talking and you know she is prideful of the fact that she's not tall and skinny and she's got all her swagger. And I was trying to describe it to the band 
in terms of like what the goal was beyond uh, the sense of self-empowerment yes. for anybody because I want people to sing along and say, you know, I ain't that tall and I ain't that skinny and it don't matter. And I want that to be anybody fitting in with that identity. Mm-hmm. But I also just said, you know what? I want everybody dancing yes. and I want, and I want big girls dancing mm-hmm. and I want people who wouldn't normally necessarily, you know, um, hypothetically feel comfortable on the dance floor just shaking everything they got because you know you ain't tall and you ain't skinny it don't matter to me (laughs) i don't think that's great i think that kind of that song might be like a my career song yeah i think that's exactly (laughs) how my art is yeah i'm always finding the 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 different the the not normal the mixed crazy hair anything that pushes against the standard so i like that yeah yeah well i think we just found a place where your art and our music meets yeah there we go we bridged a gap we brought brought you on uh you know uh i guess for that specific purpose Mm -hmm. um all right i think we're gonna say goodbye here um i'm sure we can talk for a lot more hours and maybe if you're willing we could we be happy to have you on again a part two a part two at some point um that'd be amazing dig deeper yeah and uh you know uh again as i usually say here's the outro music (laughs) 